It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnny Cueto is a Marlin. I'm not concerned because of two words, Nick crawl. And there's one thing the Reds should be concerned about though. It has nothing to do with Johnny Cueto. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, Johnny Coito has a new home, and it's not what we wanted to hear. We're going to tell you what that means for the Reds moving forward. Uh, Also, rumors are swirling that Nashville could become home to Major League Baseball by the year 2026. We will discuss whether or not this is a big deal for the old Red Legs. And coming up in a little while, we are going to play a game that Jeff has invented called Did Nick Crawl Say It? which should be a lot of fun. Uh, You're going to definitely want to stick around for that. And before we get into all that, I wanted to take just a second and, and delve into the DeMar Hamlin situation that occurred over at Paycor stadium with the Cincinnati Bengals. Jeff and I stayed out of that uh, because that was locked on Bengals story to tell. And uh, James Rapine and Jake Lisko did a great job over at locked on Bengals, keeping you up to date of everything that was going on with uh, Buffalo bills, defensive player, DeMar Hamlin. But now that Hamlin has been released from the hospital and has made his way back to Buffalo, I wanted to just take a minute and speak about the training staffs of the Buffalo bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, the trainers, the doctors, the paramedics that were on the field that day that saved DeMar Hamlin's life and, and make no mistake. They saved his life. Uh, he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field. And within 30 seconds, they were on his chest performing compressions, giving high performance CPR using an AD. They saved his life. Uh, He was then transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where reports are that he may have coded again. And my fellow ER nurses over there at uh, UCMC, uh, once again, were able to stabilize him. So I wanted to just take a minute and shout out those athletic trainers, those doctors, those paramedics on the field in Cincinnati. And then the ER nurses, the ER doctors, the imaging techs, the laboratory staff, all of the staff at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center that played a part in saving DeMar Hamlin's life and stabilizing him. And then the inpatient side, the ICU nurses, the doctors, the additional staff, it truly takes an army to save somebody in this situation. And if you've never been involved or know somebody that's been involved in the situation of a resuscitation, uh, you don't get very many wins. What happened with DeMar Hamlin uh, is nothing short of a miracle Uh, because of the quick and swift response 
he had a very positive outcome, a miraculous outcome. He walked out of the hospital. We don't get to say that very often. So my, my first responder friends, my hospital friends there in Cincinnati, you know, take this victory lap because we don't get them. You guys worked hard. You performed admirably. You worked and performed miraculously. And because of all of that and because of his fighting spirit, DeMar Hamlin is alive today. And kudos to you all. Great, great job. Uh, I just wanted to say that from, from me to you. Uh, it's truly an amazing thing. And with that being said, Jeff, let's talk a little baseball. Uh, I, I know we we stayed away from that, trying to keep things positive. But now that it's uh, this miraculous outcome with him going home, I really felt like uh, just taking a second and, and shouting out all of those people there in Cincinnati that played a part in saving that man's life. Yeah, it was epic to see the city come together. And really, I mean, Cincinnati just absolutely supported Buffalo so well and supported the Hamlin family so well in that situation. And And I hope that forever people around the nation recognize uc medical center for the awesome work that they do because they they do it every day and they don't get recognized uh the way that they did during the damar hamlin situation so that, that was awesome to see and and very happy to hear that he's recovering back home and and you know walking out of the hospital just absolutely absolutely huge and you're right though we we do have some reds uh stuff to get to here we we've talked a lot about rumors surrounding a return of johnny Cueto. And obviously, lots of folks were very excited about it, you and I in particular. However, we did caution folks to, to realize this was probably a long shot and that there were a little bit of rumors that may have been created from player agents and things like that. So when I look at this, it sure looks like the Reds could have made the deal that the Marlins did. But was there something else at work? Because this deal, Steve, looks pretty team friendly. It does. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of it, Jeff. It's a one-year deal with a team option. One year, $6 million. There's a team option for a second year at $10.5 million, and there's a buyout on that option year of $2.5 million. So let's just say the Reds have made this same deal. They probably don't pick up that option. So we get Johnny Coito for $8.5 million, which is exactly what you said. That's the number you said, $8.5 million. So for me, there's no doubt in my mind that the Reds – could have done this uh now it leads us into the question of should they have done this and uh it also says some things about what nick crawl's been telling us right because number one the the first thing that came to mind even when the rumor came up that the reds were one of the possible final teams on his list is that nick crawl said they would have to get creative financially now Make no mistake about it, and I tweeted about this, and that this really isn't that creative of a deal. The Reds do this deal all the time with uh, buyouts and options, and you know, basically that option is there that if the Marlins trade him at midseason, the team that acquires him, if they really like what he did, they can keep him for another year, so it's a little bit of a sweetener on the top of a deal. I don't think the Marlins pick up this option there and there's a lot more where it comes to what the marlins are going to do after the signing and check out locked on marlins for what they've got going on because there's a lot of rumors about you know are they going to trade trevor richards are they going to trade pablo lopez who knows there are a lot of things going on there but when it came to the reds in this scenario they didn't do it because they couldn't come to those kind of terms i think they didn't do it for two reasons number one johnny Cueto just didn't pick to come back to the Reds. And number two, he didn't pick them because I think that Nick Crawl still had his plan in place. And that is, if he acquires a veteran, no matter how he acquires that veteran, he's got to be willing to trade that veteran. And I think he understood 
If you bring back Johnny Cueto, the fan base will riot if you trade him. Absolutely. And, you know, great point about this deal. Listen, this is the same deal that the Reds did with Will Myers, right? This is that veteran deal. You talk about having an option there, which is a little bit of trade incentive. And you're right. This signing for the Reds, you know, as I've been saying, Jeff, would have been the press conference moment. It would have been Phil standing there holding the jersey and hopefully not saying a darn word, but handing the jersey over to Johnny Cueto. Uh, It would have been that moment for them. So then to turn around and trade him around the all-star break or by the trade deadline, you're right. People would lose their minds. So, you know, in that scheme of things, yeah, you don't do this deal if you want the flexibility to trade him. The second piece of that is when Nick Crawl says the Reds have to get creative in order to sign somebody else you're right this is not the type of creative it would need to be i think when nick crawl says the team has to be creative to make additional signings it's minor league signings with major league implications spring training invites incentive laden contracts that you can then as you say flip that guy trade him on uh, if he's performing well those are the only signings that i think we're going to see the reds make and those are probably spring training signings those are contracts you get dudes to sign because they just got cut by another team and regular season starts in two weeks you know that's when you get those deals that's how they're going to get that veteran starter too i I still believe that they're leaving that fourth spot open in the rotation for a veteran guy it's just going to be a competition now it's not going to be a bona fide guy we we both said we would have loved for it to have been a bona fide guy but based on the moves that they've already made which make no mistake about it one of those moves is getting rid of Mike Moustakis and that was a good move but it cost the team 22 million dollars to do it so they weren't going to have that the flexibility that we wish they would all have. And as much as we want to say, sure, they've got more money to go spend. They have told us they don't. So we're not going to put words in their mouths and just assume that things are going to happen in a reality that doesn't exist. So what's going to happen. They're going to sign a minor league deal, invite to spring training, incentive related, all that other stuff. And if they've got a guy that kind of does like the Connor Overton and performs over his skids and hopefully stays healthy, unlike Connor Overton, then he's going to be their fourth starter for this team. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that assessment, Jeff. I mean, listen, we talked about this. Johnny Coito fit here for a lot of reasons, from the PR standpoint, from the veteran experience standpoint, from still being a good pitcher standpoint you know we wanted him here and clearly now nothing like that is going to happen now that doesn't mean that we won't get somebody good in that fourth rotation spot but it's going to take a little bit more work and a little bit of luck i think uh what i've learned about nick crawl since his time as becoming the general manager is he seems to be able to go out and find those guys And he seems to be able to bring in some talent. So, uh, you know, you and I both rated his performance in 2022 uh, as an A. We gave him an A for the deals that he made and what he was able to get in return for the pieces that we sold off. Uh, For him to continue to hold that grade, he's going to have to continue to have the type of success that he had with Brandon Drury, which is bring in guys and Tommy Pham, really bring in guys that perform well enough to get you some value when you continue to churn. And uh, there's real potential here in bringing in a guy that's motivated to perform well and sticking him in that four hole in the rotation to have him come in, perform well to earn his incentives, to earn his dollars. And then that guy being a desirable trade piece 
come the trade deadline. Uh, so the Reds win twice in that deal because they're going to get a dude for cheap. He's going to pitch well, and you're going to be able to flip him. That's the kind of thing Nick Crawl's going to be looking for moving forward, I think. And look, I think for that reason, I look at this with a silver lining, and I say, the Reds save this. Here, wait, we won't have to go through the heartache of losing Johnny Cueto again. And we'll talk more about Nick Crawl and some ideas that he has uh, coming up in just a minute. But, you know, Steve, expansion is coming in the next few years for Major League Baseball. And there is one expansion possibility that should worry the Reds' brain trust. We'll talk about why expansion plans to the Music City should be accelerating timelines in the Queen City. That's coming up next. But first, today's episode is sponsored by bet online bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information when you check out betonline.net you can find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game over at betonline.net and as always they remain your source for uh, live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. The playoffs are starting this week, folks, and that's why I got my Day shirt on because the Bengals are back in the playoffs. And, you know, the real season starts. We knew the, we knew they were going to be here all along. So, yeah. Uh, BetOnline is going to tell you more about their matchup with the uh, Baltimore Ravens and what you can expect there. You can also check out MLB Futures. They've got uh, NCAA basketball is raging on. You've got NBA basketball, NHL hockey, MMA, boxing, and even they're getting you ready for golf. Think they're heading out to Kapalua here soon, Steve. You might be seeing some folks walking around the islands. Uh, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. And by the way, for those of you living in Ohio, sports betting is now legal, and Lockdown has the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers get an edge. It's the Lockdown Bets podcast. You can download and subscribe to Lockdown Bets for daily picks and analysis wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to look at uh, the lineup here for this Reds team, something that we have been kind of teasing a little bit. We keep teasing and teasing and teasing. We're going to finally do it, the opening day lineup and our ideal lineup for the Reds as we head into 2023 will be the topic of discussion tomorrow. But as of right now, Steve, uh, there have been a lot of – Reports coming out about expansion to Nashville, and it's something that Rob Manfred has said over the offseason. He wants to expand Major League Baseball to 32 teams. Uh, you got to believe that Vegas is probably a shoe-in to be one of those, and then you look at uh, who could be the other option. Nashville has got some big players involved when it comes to their pitch to bring baseball to the Music City. Yeah, listen, this is this is no produce stand owning startup group that's trying to put baseball in the music city, trying to go to Nashville. And, and let's just talk about Nashville for a second. Nashville is one of the fastest growing cities in America. If you haven't been to Nashville recently, uh, you would not recognize Nashville. It is growing and growing and growing. 
this ownership group is headed up by Dave Stewart, former pitcher, former general manager. He knows baseball. Uh, another guy by the name of Don Mattingly just joined this group as an advisor. I think uh, Donnie Baseball knows baseball. Uh, this ownership group is legit. And they are going to work hard to bring in now the money guys. You know, obviously, right. uh, when these guys play, the money is not the same as it is today. None of them are, are packing Jeter and, you know, A-Rod type contracts back in the day uh, into their right. pockets. None of them are getting 10-year, $400 million deals. So they're going to have to go out and find some money. And I think their names and their baseball bona fides give them the unique ability to go out and get the money. They're going to go find themselves a couple deep pockets, maybe not quite as deep as Steve Cohen, but they're going to go get some dudes with money in the bank and, and, and this team will be a serious player right out of the gate, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I know that there's always that kind of like year buffer that you have because their, their uh, ideal scenario is that they get an expansion team, not that they get a team to move to Nashville, but that they get a team that begins in Nashville. And the reason that we're talking about this is I believe Reds country is not not in danger, but there's definitely a threat for Reds country to shrink because uh, hear me out on this. The Reds have done nothing. And we know this have for the better part of 32 years now, since they won the world series in 1990. Uh, and, and this ownership group is just another in a long line of folks who contributed to that ineptitude. And with that being said, there's many Reds fans who are disenchanted with their team. And when it comes to Nashville, there's a specific area of Reds country that I think would be tempted to jump on because carry out when it comes to new sports teams, the absolute fervor that the city had for FC Cincinnati, whenever they made the MLS and really even a year or two before that was ridiculous. Everybody was FC Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati, just li li loving it. I couldn't think of the word there. Uh, FC Cincinnati loving it. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but that is a huge deal. I've had conversations with friends, and I'm among them, that if the NBA were to ever come to Cincinnati, I'd be like a season ticket holder day one. I, 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 wouldn't, I would love that. So there's a newness factor to all of it because Nashville will be a team that hasn't wronged them. But when I look at Nashville, they're saying they want to play baseball by 2026 in the Music City. And I think that this could definitely threaten the Reds if the rebuild, the hopefully short rebuild, isn't actually short. Listen, Jeff, the only threat in this Nashville deal is that the Reds are the team moving to Nashville. And I don't believe that that's going to happen. Uh, Phil and his where are you going to go, you know. I'm not worried about that. I don't think the Reds are leaving Cincinnati. There's the the only I think right now the only real danger of teams moving is Tampa and Oakland. Those are the two teams that that could be moved. But from a schedule balancing purpose for a lot of other reasons, I think Major League Baseball like this ownership group uh, would also prefer to just get the expansion teams done. And instead of moving, moving pieces around the board, just add a couple new pieces. Uh, here's, here's the sad truth 
of this thing, Jeff. The Reds lost Nashville as Reds country years ago. Nashville is pretty equal distance between Nashville and Cincinnati, Nashville and Atlanta, Nashville and St. Louis. Uh, Nashville is very centrally located between all of these markets. Uh, the True. fans in Tennessee jump ship long ago when the Reds jump ship from uh, Nashville and, and pulled their minor league team out of there. So, you know, I think at that point it, it stopped being Reds country. Then uh, could there be some carryovers there? Some, some long-term diehards that never quite moved on. Yeah. Those guys exist uh, in, in that whole area in Tennessee, in Virginia, there's, there's some holdovers. Uh, most of them are, you know, my age or older. Uh, people that have hung on and supported this team. The Reds have not picked up very many new fans in any of those areas, in any of that region. So from that standpoint, this doesn't mean Bupkis. I mean, it might get the Reds a new rival uh, somewhere along the way. We can we can hate on Nashville like we hate on St. Louis. Uh, for the people in Cincinnati, if they were going to jump ship, uh, it's not going to be just because a new team showed up in Nashville. Uh, Major League Baseball television and accessibility have made it possible for people to jump ship whenever they want. Uh, and the Reds right. have a, a competing baseball team at the other end of the state. So if if somebody really wanted to, to go find a winner, they probably have done that already because let's face it, uh, it's not like the Reds just stopped winning. It's been a, a decade of darkness around here. Right if people are going to leave, they left already, you know, where are they going to go? Who cares? They're gone. Uh, there's no saving those folks. So the reds have the same proposition before them with an expansion team as they have without. And that is to restore credibility and bring back the people they already lost. The people that are still reds fans, the people that are listening to me and you right now, those people, me and you, we're all diehards. We're not going anywhere. We know that already. We, you know, we love the team and we're sticking around. What the Reds have to do is win and bring back the people they lost already. And, and it doesn't matter what happens in Nashville as far as that goes. So here's why I say this. And it's interesting because you did not address this specific area. But when I think of what Nashville would do to the imaginary risk board in my mind of Reds country and different fan countries and things like that. I'm looking at Western and Central Kentucky right now, part of the television broadcasting area for Cincinnati that would move to Nashville. And it would be very, very easy for those fans that may or may not be diehards, might not necessarily be casual fans of the Cincinnati Reds to switch over to Nashville. If the Reds are irrelevant, in 2026 if this rebuild in fact if the contending window is just opening in 2026 then we are talking about a big swath of reds country that is moving to nashville and i would not blame them see i disagree with you here's how i think that goes if a team comes to nashville it's going to be a negotiated deal just like we saw when the nationals came to dc you know they had to deal major league ba baseball had to make it sweet for the orioles to give up part of their market share uh, what i see happening in kentucky is this as long as the reds keep their triple a affiliate in louisville that will continue to be reds country they will hold all of those those broadcasting rights and that market that will also mean that under Manfred hates baseball's uh, blackout policy, this new Nashville team will be blacked out in Kentucky anyway, even though they're not <laughs> being broadcast there, they're going to be blacked out. So I don't I don't think there's danger of the Reds losing territory. 
Uh, I, in fact, I think it will help make more people in Kentucky watch the Reds because the blackouts and the broadcasting rights with another team in play are going to make the Reds the only game available on TV. I think that's how that plays out. And with Major League Baseball television, the blackout rules apply. So unless you're using a VPN and getting creative, uh, everybody but the Reds are going to be blacked out anyway. So it's uh, it, it's I kind of see it uh, not impacting what the Reds have going on in Kentucky. I honestly I hope for Major League Baseball's sake that when it comes to expansion, they get rid of the blackout deal. I hope they get rid of the blackout deal this year. I mean, the blackout deal sucks, but yeah, I I do. I don't know. I just I look at this and I say this should definitely put pressure on the Reds to make this short rebuild that we hope is short actually short. No, I, I think you're right. The The Reds should feel a little bit of pressure to finish the rebuild and get back to their winning ways before there's expansion into Nashville because it will make it easier to bring back the people they've lost because they've been so bad for so long. Hey, listen, Jeff, our buddy Nick Crawl has said some things over the years, but general managers say a lot of things. Uh, coming up, we are going to play this little game that you invented where we try and guess if Nick Crawl said it or if some other GM said it. We've got that coming up in just a minute. But before we get to that, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast, Built Bar. If you are looking for a delicious treat and you don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you gotta try a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're very, very delicious. I keep them stashed in my locker at work all the time. Uh, you won't think that they're good for you. Uh, they're perfect for helping you keep those New Year's resolutions. If any of you are still holding on to those, mine was to go to the gym three times a week. Uh, have not quite hit that benchmark yet. I'm not sure how Built does it, uh, but they do it. These bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing statistics. And you know we love statistics around here. And what's even better? better is they're healthy. Listen to these numbers. These are Hall of Fame numbers here, folks. They're only 130 calories and four grams of sugar, and they jam pack in a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right, 17 grams of protein. These are the Hall of Fame bars to help your diet. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars from Built.com, but now you can get them right in your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And I can guarantee you I said the word puffs, and Jeff is drooling on his desk. If you choose... If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box uh, with their hit flavors, uh, brownie, batter, and churro. Churro. I buy the churros. The churros are killer. Uh, you can thank me later for making this purchase. Go grab yourself some Built Bars at Walmart or Sam's Club today. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube today, thank you. Make sure you click the subscribe button 
and the notification bell so that you get notified whenever we post new content and when we go live. We've been going live every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, and it has been a blast. If you haven't checked that out yet, you're really, really missing out. It's my favorite show of the week. So much interaction, so much great content coming from you, the viewers and listeners. Make sure you check that out this week. Click that subscribe. In between shows, you can follow me and Jeff on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs because I can spell. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs because Alabama in spelling is hard. And then you can also follow the show at Locked on Red. So I can feel his eyes burning on me right now. Let's talk about Nick Crawl, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, Nick Crawl. He talks a lot. And varying success. I think sometimes we like to criticize what he said because really what he's trying to say is not the direct answer because a lot of general managers do this uh they they all have different ways of messaging that you know says certain things without saying certain things but i think it's important to note that there are some times where he is direct uh but i have this thing because i was reading an article and actually just a spoiler alert none of these quotes are this general manager but i was reading a quote an article with lots of quotes from alex anthopolis the braves general manager and different things that he had said about how the Braves operate in certain areas, especially not leaking information and not leaking reports of them being signing someone or trading for someone or anything like that. But I found it interesting because there were some quotes that I read from Alex Anthopoulos that I'm like, you know, Nick crawl could have said this and I, uh, you would have said Nick crawl said this and I would have believed you. So there are some quotes here, Steve, that I want to see if you can guess. And you know, if you're listening or you're watching with us, see if you can guess these. I know the answer, and I'll tell you who after uh, you give me a guess. So firstly, this is a direct quote. Suffice to say that we're not comfortable with losing 100-plus games, and that's something that I want to avoid again in the near future. Who said it? I'm going to say that that was Nick Crawl just because the 100-plus games thing. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that was Nick uh, trying to say that things were going to get better and then butchering it a little bit all right gotcha you know i should have created graphics for this would have looked a little bit cooler but anyway I, i'll think about that next time i got you with the 100 plus loss thing this was actually said by nationals general manager mike rizzo last year he followed up that quote by saying that they're going to be active in all markets i loved how he said it too he's like we're going to be active in the free agent market we're going to be active in the trade market we're going to be active in the international market we're going to be active in all the markets to make this team better i i think i'd get like fired up if i heard nick crawl said that actually <laughs> um yeah okay so next quote quote don't feel like it's a have to but certainly we want to do more we'd still like to add another starting pitcher that market has been strong as everyone has seen we continue to stay engaged with some free agents and trade opportunities end quote there's no way nick crawl said that yeah, it's a little bit too uh, too tip your handish there. Yeah, that's Pirates general manager Ben Sherrington. The Pirates? What? Yeah, the Pirates. Pirates general manager said that. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to note that yes, the Pirates general manager is saying that. Okay, so here's the, here's the other question to you, real quick, before we get to the next quote. Would you rather Nick Crawl be bluntly honest 
or um, give us a little uh, cherry on top of a lie. Oh, like listen, that. baseball fans are so much more sophisticated these days than they were back in the day. You know, back in like the 40s, 50s, 60s, you could get away with that kind of stuff and just blow smoke. Right. And people don't aren't able to weren't able to follow the league as well. Nowadays, you can follow every team, hear every comment, see every video feed. Everybody that exactly. follows baseball knows what's up. So you can't you can't blow smoke at people like back in the day. So I would much prefer that we had a GM that didn't try to do that, that just comes out, tells us like it is, and then we can base our fandom moving forward with actual hard information and truth and decide if we want to spend money on the team or not. For what it's worth, I did look at the date stamp on that quote from Ben Sherrington. That was before the Red or the Pirates made a move to add some pitching. They signed Rich Hill, who they're all in, baby. Been- Ethan Smith must be losing <laughs> his mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he did an emergency. Po- no, I'm just kidding. He did not do an emergency podcast for that. Okay. Uh, next quote. Quote, we are prepared to go with what we have internally. We know that's an area we will upgrade if we can, but that doesn't mean we will. Oh, that has Nick Crawl written all over it. It does. In fact, I'm pretty sure he said something similar to this. However, it's not. In fact, it's going to surprise you. <sighs> that is Brian Cashman from the New York Yankees no, it's who said not. that. Yes, it is. Direct quote from him. He was talking about the outfield and how he is sold on Aaron Hicks in the outfield there in New York. But uh, yeah, no, that is, that is definitely something that Nick Crawl probably will say here in spring training whenever he's asked if there's going to be any more additions. Uh, okay, so final quote, which maybe I should have actually mixed this into the first three. I wasn't really thinking very much. I gave away the wordle to a friend today, so my thinking has not been top-notch uh quote i don't know if we have a this is going to absolutely be this person's position on opening day guy oh i know that's nick crawl he said that this offseason that's a nick crawl quote yes it absolutely is and and i think that you know i do all this to say yes (laughs) yes you did you got one (laughs) nick crawl said that he doesn't know if there's anybody that's going to have this position on opening day because they don't have a guy like that i find it interesting because he has noted all off season that things are in flux whether you whether you look at this quote or whether you look at some other quotes that he said he understands that this team still doesn't have anything settled and that the plan is still to continue to find guys who are going to be there for the reds in their next successful years i will say this jeff uh i think that nick crawl uh of of recent times anyway has gotten better at talking to the media. In fact, I can't remember if I said it on a show or if I told you while we were prepping, but I feel like uh, it's that scene from happy Gilmore where happy comes out and suddenly is able to putt. And he's like, somebody learned how to putt. Right. I think Nick is, you know, somebody learned how to hire a media consultant. I think that's (laughs) what Nick crawl did. He's gotten a lot better. Listen, and we gave him a lot of grief last year because he was not good. He could not talk to the media to save his life. He was not the guy you wanted to be the face and the voice of a franchise. Uh, He's getting better. He's not quite there yet, but he's gotten a lot better. And I think he'll continue to grow uh, the more he works with professionals to, to hone the message and hone how he speaks to the media and then carries those messages out to the public. I think that we'll see some more growth from him and I like the direction he's going. So, you know, for me, you know, as much as I like to make fun of him about it, uh, he has gotten better. 
We'll always have allocating payroll to resources. But no, credit to Nick Crawl. He has a plan for this team, and he has a much better way of presenting that plan to the fan base. And that's going to wrap us up. I mean, we did a lot of good stuff. We, we talked about a former Red who's not going to be a current Red. Um, I know a lot of people expected us to talk about Colin Moran going to the Mariners, but uh, no, it was Johnny Cueto going to the Marlins. Uh, and we talked about some worries of Nashville and talked about some messaging for Nick Crawl. Steve, take us away. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to start to look, now that we think the Reds are done signing, folks, we're going to start to take a look at what we think the opening day lineup could look like. We're going to keep you uh, dialed in on all of the additional trade rumors, all of the waiver wire stuff. That's definitely going to heat up as we get close to spring training and while we're in spring training. So you're going to be want to be locked in right here every day, uh, making the Locked on Reds podcast your first listen. And now that you've done that, go make your second listen, the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast. Uh, their host, Lindsey Crosby, uh, is a prospect encyclopedia. He has all of the information on the Major League Baseball stars of tomorrow. Uh, his podcast, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, just like Locked On Reds, is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jeff, uh, I've told the folks what we're going to be doing. Wrap it up. Well, they can expect us to be locked in on all of the rumors locked in on any possible transaction who knows maybe in a couple of weeks the reds will be reportedly signing carlos correa as it seems most of major league baseball is we're the only team left carlos correa um but we will be locked on reds every single day hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.